Welcome to Through the Wire. Through the Wire. Here with another episode, fresh off of Game 7. We're going to get all into that, into news, basketball-related topics. But, of course, before that, I got to remind you that you should always be downloading and listening to the audio version of this podcast as well. I know a lot of y'all like to see our faces because we, we look good. But sometimes the audio version is just as good. Like my dad. My dad has transitioned from a YouTube guy to a Spotify guy because it's easier for him to listen while he's driving in the car. It might be easier for some of y'all too. So download that. It helps out through the wire. It helps out all of us get to the places we want to be. So don't forget. All right. Now that's over with. How y'all doing today? D-Mills got Marcus Smart back there, man. Of course. I love me some Marcus Smart. He always making winning plays, that energy. He just he fits that. Chicago Bulls grit and grind culture. Okay. <laughs> we want that. And it just it just brings it back to me. You can't take like grit and grind from Memphis and just add it to Chicago though. But we had it too. We had we had good defense. You know Which is grit and grind, because we was not high scoring at all. You're right. Okay. I'll give you that. <laughs> Nobody was at that time though. Yeah, but they were really bad though. We were only scoring like ninety some points a game. Y'all had Derrick Rose, the MVP. <laughs> Grid and grind Memphis didn't really have anybody like that that was a score. That's why I think they took that name because we're just going to grit and grind. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I get what you're saying about Marcus Smart, though. Yeah. How was your live stream yesterday? It was pretty fun. I got a lot of fans in there, very interactive. I had some hot takes. Some guy came in there and said um, Jamal Murray, he would take him over Nikola Jokic if okay. he were to have to choose between the two players. Very wild. He said mm-hmm. that yo, Jamal Murray is a better scorer. That was pretty much all he had. Okay. He That is wild, but there's a foundation for what he's trying to say as far as, like, going with a, a guard more than a big. But he could have worded it better, you know what I'm saying? But either way, either way. <laughs> Mike, you still got Rondo back there, even though – actually, the last I mean, time the game... Lakers played, yeah, he had almost a triple-double. Yeah, I mean, he's been playing well for us these last couple of days and his game day. So, you know, we ready to take out the Rockets and move on to the Western Conference Finals. But, you know, that's that's future. That's later on today. You're not trying to be like the other L.A. team that blew a whole game when they could have closed it out. <laughs> nah, we can't do that, man. That give that give teams hope. We don't like to do that. And then P's still rocking with them. What'd you say, D-Mills? You got, they got to step on their neck. Facts. And then still the 305? <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. All right, let's get into some hoops. We're going to work our way backwards. Um, We got to talk about game seven first because that's like the biggest thing that happened. Um, Me and Mike watched this game together, and I'll tell you, Mike was was super funny with it. Uh, Just had, I wouldn't say hot takes, but just had some opinions out there that were like kind of a little bit crazy, but not that crazy when you really think about it. And a lot of it had to do with like Pascal Siakam, right, Mike? Oh, yeah. I was screaming at Pascal the whole game because every time I see this man, he's trying to go to his right. It don't matter what type of defender. Okay, Jalen Brown's been clamping him up on the block, but I see players like Brad Wanamaker stopping this man from getting to the paint because he can't go to his left. And I was screaming at the top of my lungs when this man had a bucket with his left hand. He had to put the ball <laughs> in his left. So he had some dribbles with it too and finished with the left. I was so happy for him, but I wish he could have had a better game. But, I mean... I don't know, man. Pascal, you got some work to do in this offseason, buddy. Yeah, hey, I was I was watching this game and I was on on the stream and I was like, it's crazy that I'm saying that I want the all-star and other team to shoot the ball. Like I want him to shoot the ball. That's mm. kind of crazy to even think that 
he's the guy that you're just like, all right, I'm gonna let him beat me because he wasn't making anything. He hasn't made anything all series. He's been consistently bad this whole series. And it's just very unfortunate to see it. This is kind of why I made that opinion last year when I said he can't be a number one option. Because when I saw him in that Warrior series, when Draymond kind of took him out the series after game one, you kind of just saw that once you kind of go for his right hand and you kind of stop him because he ain't got that shot creation skill. So it's kind of why I made that hot take last year. And he kind of but just you didn't me. say all that when you made that. <laughs> I know. I know. Right. I'm a little bit better now. I, I grew a little bit. You know, that's self-improvement. That's a fact, D-Mills. That's a fact. I grew a little bit, P. I'm but no I, longer I, that little, little boy no more. I don't want to give right, Pascal so Siakam. You, you can't reference your take then if that was a little boy take. Bro, that was like, how long was that? How long? It wasn't that long. That, that was like after ago. the finals. Yeah. Almost it was like, a year. It was like off season. That was season. New York. That was New York. The, yeah. the, the, the Twitter show. Yeah. Also, oh, like, right. I mean, that's like a year ago now. Yeah, I think about it because yeah. that yeah. was October. Wow. Yeah. Like, so, like last year. But even <laughs> after that, going into this season, well, no, no. Before that, when we had like the ranking power forwards, he had Pascal Siaka pretty low. Paul yeah. Millsap, who was like super important in the comeback yesterday, was higher than, than Pascal Siaka. Kevin Love was too. too. Kevin Love, yeah. Kevin Love was in my top five too. And, and I'm guessing you don't still stand on those type of takes. No. Okay. Okay. Either way, I, I don't want to give Pascal Siakam an excuse, but this is something that, that I should probably say. Um, during this entire quarantine period, he did not touch a basketball. And you can say the same about guys like Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum also didn't touch a basketball. But Jason Tatum is, like, naturally gifted at the game, and Pascal Siakam isn't. All the things that we've seen about Pascal Siakam is about the hard work he puts in in the offseason. There's nothing, like, really natural about Pascal Siakam's game. It never has been. So taking four or five months without touching a basketball really hurt him. Again, I mean, he's an NBA player and he was an all-star, so you'd expect him to be better in a series, even all things considered. But, like, that did play a big part in it. He's just not naturally talented. He's a guy that has to put that work in, which is okay. Everybody's not naturally talented. Um, and you really you really saw that in this series, man. Mike mentioned Brad Wanamaker. His possessions were Kimball Walker had the switch on the block, and Kimball Walker stood his own. Um, defensively, he wasn't that good. Even without touching the basketball, you could still be the great, the better defender player that he was. Uh, just overall, uh, just not that good. And then in the post-game interview, I don't know if y'all saw that, one of the reporters yeah, was like, how does it feel to know that uh, you, were, you were the main reason we didn't win the series? It's something along those lines. It was like... What? But I mean, oh no, she said something like, "How does it feel to have this series sit on your shoulders or something, something along those lines?" Yeah, she didn't really say that. like you you were trash, but she implied you were trash. And though it's a very wild question, it's the truth. You know what I'm saying? We have a game where he has just one, just have one good game this series. They're in the conference finals right now, and they didn't really have that. What was his response to that? I don't know. The they video cut got off cut off. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. He had a bad series. It happens. Um, I'm not, I don't care about, I'm not touching the basketball. Um, I just think that he was in a position that he wasn't ready to be in and he may never be ready to be in. He may never be ready to be the guy on the team. Um, and we'll just have to see going forward, but I know he'll have to get better. Um, but yeah, I just think that he's in a situation where he wasn't ready for Jason Tatum. And like I mentioned last episode, guys are bred to be certain type of players. He hasn't been bred like that yet. Um, will they breed him to be like that? Probably. They'll give it another try because uh, I don't see anybody coming through the door being that guy for them. So they're going to have to keep trying to bread him. 
And if not, then that would be he'll just be a cool number two guy because he he thrived like a motherfucker in that role next to Kawhi. Um, if Pascal is your number two type guy, then I think you're on a really good team. But yeah, maybe number one just isn't. I don't think that's a failure because it's a lot of guys. Only it's like only six or seven guys in the league that's a true number one. Those are superstar status guys. So if you're just an all star number two, you, you're fine. Um, and, but, but he didn't even he didn't even play up to that standard either. He no, he a, did. He did because like I was I, I would argue that Cal Lowry is their number one, even though Pascal may have averaged more points a doubt, per game. But season. I know that this this what he performed isn't who he is as a player. I know mm-hmm. that, so I'm I'm basing it off of that. Um, because even if he played at All Star level, that probably wouldn't even been enough. You think so? Speaking. If he played one game at All Star <laughs> level, they probably steal another game. It might have been this I'm game. I'm not talking about the series. I'm just mean overall as a team oh, okay. where, where we're trying to have them go. I don't think him playing at his normal level is them being the championship team uh, maybe they play a little better in this series they can escape that but that's hypothetical because if he plays a certain way maybe boston plays another way i i, I just don't know boston really did their thing defensively um down the stretch they had that point in the fourth quarter where they didn't score for four minutes but it didn't matter um because the raptors couldn't score and um it was I, I just think game. that people need to be a little patient with pascal siakam because he's not like you said he's not a natural guy he hasn't been bred to be that guy so even the question of that lady asking was pretty wild to me because, yeah, he didn't play to his level, but I also know that I'm not putting everything on Pascal Siakam to take us home. And if mm-hmm. anybody was doing that or trying to do that, then they were out of their mind. Mm-hmm. Besides the actual coaches, I mean, Nick, Nick Nurse has to do what he has to do, but as a fan, if you're like, hey, Pascal going to take us home, I don't know why you were ever thinking that. I, I just don't I, don't, I don't get that, especially against the Celtics who have Tatum, Brown and Walker, and you mm-hmm. think Pascal is going? No, he's not a guy that's taking out her, those three by himself. Uh, it's not, it, it's not even the team. What happened? How much do y'all think is the priority for them to bring back Fred? It's the biggest priority on a board. Yeah, but it's also financially, it's going to be very, very tough to make it happen, uh, especially with his market. You know what I'm saying? Uh, there are going to be teams out there willing to pay him big, big ass money. And they would have to look at themselves in the mirror and say, like, bring it back, Freddie. Are we a championship quality team? Are we are we really going to be in contention if we bring back Freddie? And the answer is probably not. And then that may be the deciding factor that they just let him go and go to whether it be New York or it be, I don't know who else would be on the market for a, a, a one guard or a two guard or whatever. Um, but I mean, yes, they would love to bring him back, but they just they will realize that he will be really, really expensive. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing because we don't know what the market is like yet. We know he'll be a name out there, but they haven't even figured out. But they'll have they'll have money. They'll have money with the surge contract being on, Marcus Saul contract being on. They'll have the the money to offer him something, but they're probably gonna lose the bidding war. It's kind of like his priority, right? If he wants to go back to a team where maybe they are closer than the new, like you know, closer than the Knicks. If his priority is to try to get back into contention, maybe he'll take a little pay cut. But I, I mean, as a guy that yeah, was undrafted, know we know Freddie V. Betting yeah, the guy that was undrafted doesn't didn't really have a payday. He's gonna probably take his money. He's getting his bag, man. Yeah, he's definitely getting his bag. He's, and I don't blame him. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's gonna be he's gonna be a loss for them too. But I feel like they're a team that they can make things happen. Um, Norm had a game this series, game six, and you know he can he can slide it to a starting spot, and I mean he probably won't be Fred VanVleet, but we know that we've seen months of Norm being like twenty two point per game score. Yeah, you know it's funny, KB. We were talking about it because I mean we were watching the game together, but you even said it like 
dang, Norman Powell tweaked on that one time. Wait, I think he got like he got his layup blocked or anything. It was it was late in the game, and I was like, I thought that was the right play, and I seen other people saying the same thing because yeah. <clears throat> he he's been he's been a, a nice little uh, you know monster in this series. He had the, the one that Marcus Smart blocked. Yeah, the Marcus Smart blocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, and uh, I was saying that it was crazy because it was one on three. But like you, he did that literally last game when he scored ten points in in the overtime. Yeah. Like that's something he already did. It was just Marcus yeah. Smart was more prepared for it this time around. That's how that's I about to say basically the same thing. It's just the fact that it's blocked is the wrong play. But yeah. if he makes yeah. it, nobody nobody's calling that wrong at all. Yeah, because early in that Norman, game, I know he had, he had a big dunk, and, and uh, Tice was right there to block it. But, I mean, he dunked it down, and he got it to go. Mark mm-hmm. is smart, man. I, I don't know. And KB said it last night, but this man has all-star, like, impact yeah. with the defense he had. And, I I, I mean, I knew Marcus Smart, you know, he was good on the offensive side, but he looked like he took it an even bigger step. Playmaking, his ability to shoot and get to the paint. I don't know. He he could be a low key a monster. I said he can't even replace that. Outward. He is low key a monster. No, he he's, he's, that he's very low key. In terms of like, he keeps that that defense, you know, together. This no, is what you do, though, Mike. No, the defense is something that we know will be there one hundred percent of the time. It's like, can we count on him to hit five threes in another game next series or something like that? But the defense is always going to be there. He is everywhere yeah. on the court, diving, getting uh, passing lane steals, picking pockets, he, getting rebounds that you didn't expect him to get. He literally does everything. Um, and it's when his offense is on too. There's like, he has all star caliber impact, which is which is insane we, to say. We may not, we may not give. Five threes. We may do, but one thing I know about Michael Smart is he's going to have the balls and the guts to take shots. He's mm-hmm. a guy that's going to be one for six, and then he's going to make the big three, you know, like how Draymond used to be for the Warriors, where it was like, damn, Draymond's not a three-point shooter, and he just hit the big three type thing. I love Michael Smart. I love the way his career is going, because I know a lot of people don't know, but Michael Smart was one of the top players coming out of high school. Right, he I remember that. Be, I remember him coming out know, of Oklahoma, too. The guy, Oklahoma State. Um and you know, he was still a, a lottery pick, and he conformed his game to 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 fit. And I think that's what it's all about. I was just watching Gilbert Arenas talk to a young um, budding star from Chicago, but he moved uh, to LA, uh, Amari Bailey. It was just talking about guys being able to 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 do what's asked, and not having like this one game that has to fit this, you know, type of thing. And I think Marcus Smart is a great example of that guy that came in as the number one guy all his life top recruit chose Oklahoma State didn't run to a Kentucky or Duke um think he had to stay an extra year there freshman year didn't go as planned uh had some fights and shit <laughs> y'all know Marcus Smart I had to go back I just remember year. like them pulling up the stats and he had some super nice like all around stats like you he could score the ball rebound assists and he was super big too he was like 230 240 for like a PG it was something crazy like that <laughs> but but uh I mean the way he just found a role that fits so perfectly for him. And like you said, Brad Stevens, he he understands that Marcus Smart is a little bit of a wild card on that offensive role, but he just brings so much, you really can't take him off the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you don't mind him taking shots when he's doing what he's doing on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, ha- having Rondo made him, you know, have to carve out another lane instead of coming in and being like this actual point guard. And yeah, I, I, he's, 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 he's big for them, man. He's, a, he's the X factor with the Boston Celtics. Um, they, they had a couple possessions last night where, uh, well, first of all, I, before that, the the Raptors, right, um, overall just didn't put together a good game, right? Uh, they they were just turning the ball over like crazy. Kyle Lowry went into the fourth quarter with two fouls and ended up fouling out of the game. 
just sloppy defense, everything. He just he just couldn't get it together. And obviously in the game seven, you need him as your best guy, as your leader to be out there. And that's how we ended up with the Fred Van Vliet shot because we don't have Kyle Lowry out there directing traffic like he normally does. And a big play by, was uh, was it Grant Williams? Grant, yeah, Williams? Grant Williams on that one. And then that's his like recovery because he missed both free throws like a possession yeah. before. I don't. But, if you're Nick Nurse, I don't understand how you had two timeouts. I don't understand how you don't get the big Zim from there for that rebound. Knowing Grant Williams, the rookie, is in there about to take those like probably the biggest free throws of the series. You got to make sure you get that rebound. Hmm. That, that's that's unexcusable. I hear you, but the players got to get. I don't care who we got out there. Get the fucking rebound. It's a who was, who was on the court? I know Pascal I was, was on the court. OG was on Pas- the court. Who's, you can rebound Pas- the ball. Let's Pas- Pas- rebound OG. and let's go. Those are the two I, guys I on the block. Yeah, I can't be rebounding. A I'm bringing, out. I'm bringing in, I'm bringing in surge. They wasted a timeout trying to get that foul off Kyle Lowry, which was an obvious foul on him. Yeah, they, they did. Had, that, they did everything. They, had, they wasted a the timeout. They had to. It was nothing. We might as well try. We have. They had to. Um, the foul on Marcus Smart is the one I didn't like with Lowry, the shooting one. Um, yeah. That one is one they actually I thought should have challenged personally. Um, but yeah, shit like that. You just I don't go go rebound the ball. Just go rebound the ball, please. All right, Pascal Siakam is more than capable of getting. And then they had a timeout while Freddie was dribbling too, right? Three round. Yeah. Yeah, that a Freddie shot. It's a little wild to me, but Mm -hmm. a lot of wild to me. I I don't know because it it was plenty of times where you just seen him take the ball right back out, and you think maybe he'll time out or get something set real quick, but nah, he just launched a three. None of those overcome the the turnovers for me though. So Mm -hmm. the the turnovers is what it is. Yeah, and I I was going to bring that up, too, when you were talking about somebody saying that Pascal was the dude to close it out. And I'm not saying that's what you're saying, but people had their expectations for him. But, like, not even just closing out the game, but he he just had a super bad series. Like, those turnovers down the stretch are what killed him. Right? Not even big. He got 12% from three. He had a disgusting series. He he had had turnovers tonight. Going forward as, like, their team, that's still going to be a void for them. Like, yeah. There's he has a chance that even at all star level he's not a number one option. He yeah. could play all star all star level Pascal Siakam, and you're still going to need somebody to make the play at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. So he, yeah, him playing all star level they maybe would have won a game earlier, but shit like that just flips. He plays all star level now. What Jason Tatum takes his game up to another level because he feels mm-hmm. like I don't know what happens. That's all he, hearsay. Like why? Yeah. Because whenever another player does something crazy, another guy steps up to the moment. Him stepping up maybe takes away some shots that Kyle Lowry hit to keep them in these games. Mm-hmm. You have to give and take when you do that. I can't just pretend that everything stays the same and he plays better. That's that's not reality. Somebody else is le- losing because he's taking more shots. So, I mean, even if at all-star level, maybe they still lose this shit. Because I know at the yeah. end of the games, they still need <laughs> a guy who was doing what Kawhi was doing. Yeah, no doubt. I mean... At the end of the day, I think this this had to be my favorite series so far. Um, we can get this it. On Utah and Denver. Yeah, I would say Utah and Denver for me. Yeah. No, both, um, both are really good. Yeah. I mean, when we were doing our predictions, remember, I, I flipped the coin and ended up being Boston at seven. That's like we all knew that this series was going to be ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be a close one, and it ended up being that. I, I would have been super mad if somebody didn't seconds. show up. What you say? It was all determined off 0.5 seconds. 0.5 seconds, yeah. No, if that OG shot don't go in, this is like a five-game series, easily. But I'm also about to walk into another good series with uh, Miami. That's going to be another good one. Let's get into oh, that thing. Let's, let's do a little preview of that. I mean, um, I, I, when is game one? Please? Tomorrow. 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 And that's not no breaks, baby. Game seven, you get right back into it, man. And that's why 
uh, we probably had like Jimmy Butler sitting in the hotel drinking some wine because the Boston Celtics guys all played 40 plus minutes last night. <laughs> and then they got to jump right into a series where the Miami Heat have been rested for like three, four days now. Mm-hmm. Duncan Robinson did like four or five podcasts yesterday. You know what I'm saying? He's just he's just chilling <laughs> in his hotel robe, just just doing stuff. Um, actually, oh, game one's not until Tuesday. Actually, so yeah, everybody's so got, got some rest. There's oh, the rest. Okay, okay. So, now that kind of that kind of levels the playing field. Uh, maybe they're trying to match it up for the West because okay, exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. But, uh, um, this is this is gonna be another series, man. I think what's going to be the determinative factor, I'm just going to throw it out there, is Miami's bench. Um, Boston just doesn't have that. And then me and Mike were talking about this. Even before Boston had won that game, we were talking about this matchup because I think it's going to be – I think it would have been a better matchup than Toronto, but maybe not because the benches are kind of similar. But Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, those guys are going to have hounds of a defenders on them at all times in the series, whether it be yep. Iggy, Jay Crowder, Jimmy Butler – uh, all of these guys will have assignments on these young stars, and that that also might be a big factor. Um, so I still like Boston, though. Regardless of who wins this series, I'm happy. Either I'm getting Jimmy Butler in the finals, or I'm getting uh, the young guys in, in the finals. So I'm cool with either outcome. But I, I think I'd pick Miami. I don't. I'm know. like you. I'm fine with either outcome, but I'm definitely riding with Trio Five. Uh, <laughs> They just got a lot, man. They got a lot. Uh, Drogic going to come hooping. They got uh, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, green lighting. They got veterans like Jimmy, Iggy, Jay, physical. They're going to be very – Jay Crowder's going to beat you up, uh, Tatum and, and Brown. As they know, they play with him, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, Olenek, Bam. You know what I mean? They just have a lot. And and the, the Boston Celtics do too. Um, but I don't know if they have enough – and they could they prove me proving me wrong every yeah. round, I believe. He, they that, play y'all have picked against them every he, round. I was gonna say yeah. I am picking the Celtics this series by default because they proved me wrong the last <laughs> They're not gonna want they're not gonna like that. <laughs> I just proved me wrong the saying, last two series. They're saying you the opposite. So they were saying like you pick somebody and the opposite happens. So they not Celtics fans they're gonna like that. But I mean, I I just got I haven't picked against them for no particular reason. Uh, 76ers, I knew that they were the favorite to win. We just did some shit to be different and hope that Joel would dominate. Uh, Toronto, I did pick against them because I thought that was a better team. And I'm going to go the same thing on Miami. I think Miami has a lot, man. Especially, yeah, yeah. I, we don't know the, the the circumstance with Gordon Hayward. Um, I wouldn't even want to bring him back, honestly. Why not? It seems like they want to. I mean, I feel. I just feel like they they just flow better. With I mean, Gordon Hayward is the type of dude that can come in and still average 16, 17. But if the team is still j- like really good without him, I mean, if anything, it just adds, they were adds born to the with depth. Him, though. Yeah, they, they don't need the depth. Born with them. True. Yeah. True, Derek. True. I mean, yeah, you're right. I did just talk about how Miami's depth is is better mm-hmm. than theirs. So yeah, he's likely to return in conference finals. Right, because mm-hmm. they they show video of him like warming up. Uh, beginning of last game as well. So you, y'all are right. Y'all are right. Bring him back. Bring him back. And But don't put him in for Marcus Smart because that's what it was. That's why Marcus Smart jumped to that starting lineup because Gordon Hayward went down. I, I think Gordon Hayward would be cool as a sixth yeah, man. Yeah, but wasn't there a closing lineup like the four wings and Marcus Smart? I mean, four, the three wings and then uh, Marcus Smart and Kimball? Yeah, and then in the game seven, we had like Grant Williams play that role. Yeah. Of like the the big um, – yeah, I'm actually completely wrong about that. Let Gordon Hayward do his thing. What am I talking about? <laughs> what am I but talking uh, about? 
I'm going, I'm going, I think I got to go with the boy. I got to go with Demi. Uh, that team's so deep. But I, feel, but I feel like um, the X factor for me in this series, I think it's going to be that point guard matchup, Kemba and Goran Dragic. I feel like since the wings going to be getting all the best defenders, I think we got to see that matchup really shine. And I think whoever wins that matchup, I think that could be a real big determining factor in this series. Hmm. Yeah, we got we got two of the greater coaches too. That's that's yeah. gonna be a thing as well. Yeah, I think for like the same thing as with Nick Nurse, but I think it takes that type of coach to beat a Brad Stevens. It needs a very dynamic coach that's willing to change stuff around, willing to try new things, and willing to just kind of know how to counter counter uh, act with other things that coaches do. It takes a special coach, and Eric's, and Eric Spoelstra definitely is it. Derek, I think you're right, though, with that point guard matchup. The Heat have done a really good job of hiding their, their bad defenders, though, whether it be Goran Dragic or Tyler, uh, not Tyler here, Duncan Robinson or anything. They're doing, they've done a pretty good job of that. And uh, Kemba going to have to go out there and kill. He's he going to have to go, go out there and kill because, you know, Jason Tatum, he's going to have Andre Dollar, Jay Crowder, somebody on him. And you can't just go at them all day and expect Jason Tatum to have a great day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we haven't seen Kemba Walker have, like, consistency as far as killing as mm. far as scoring mm. he definitely does his thing he's gonna be impactful on the floor he, he hit the look. big shots like the last game he had like two points going into the fourth but he hit like one of the biggest shots of the game yeah. so it's like that's yeah. the type of player he is he's always gonna be accountable for too because Kemba walk at the end of the day you're not gonna leave him he can't be <laughs> yeah. the ball. he's liable to do something like you just mm. said he can have two points in the last second he's still Kemba walker um mm. so but yeah, we haven't seen him like he ain't he ain't coming in having 28, 28, 28, 28 though. So I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing him <laughs> series because I know Kim Walker is more than capable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see him stop falling too. He'd be scaring me with that knee sometimes, man. Mm-hmm. He always be grabbing that knee. I'd be like, don't do it, Kim, because I want to see you play. I don't want to see that team have an injury to one of the one of those guys. But yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not going I think they. I think Miami does a very good job defensively, Mike. I just think you have to be. They have such good defenders that the other guys who aren't great defenders, you just have to try. Just give effort. Just just know yourself. That just don't be a liability, and you should be okay. As long as you can just hold your ground, you'll be all right. What's so interesting That's from you, Mike? What happened when we saw? Um, my... We just need you to hold your ground. Just don't be a liability. You don't have to be a uh, defensive player of the year. Just try. <laughs> What's very interesting about the Miami Heat, and this is something I heard on one of the 12 podcasts Duncan Robinson was, again, that, like, for real, he has been on every single podcast this week. Um, He's, yeah, he's actually a big part of JJ's show. He's like their bubble correspondent, right? So um, Duncan Robinson comes in and talks to JJ about what's going on in the bubble, like stuff out off the court type stuff. Uh, which is really cool. But they were talking about how, like, this season for the Miami Heat was not a season where they had the goal of going to win a championship. They they were positioning themselves for 2021 free agency with all the things they did, and here they are about to, like, compete for a championship. Just not, I went, Nothing is accidental. Obviously, they put together a good roster, but it, it wasn't like when, when they were in their board meeting with Pat Riley, Eric Spoelstra, and all these guys, they weren't like, okay, we have championship aspirations. Of course, they want to win, but they didn't think that a championship was realistic this year. They were just playing the right pieces so they could potentially get Giannis. Mm-hmm. They built they built a roster where they wanted to destroy Giannis to the point where he would want to join them. And maybe that's true. Maybe that ended up happening. But their goal was not to come in and win a championship. But it's just making it better for their free agency 
where like a team that was a fifth seed is in the conference finals. Imagine if we do sign this guy, this guy, this guy. I just think it's so interesting with all the things that the Miami Heat have done over the last couple of years from like giving out some real bad contracts recently and then trading those contracts away for picks and then hitting on all those picks and everything. Pat Riley and them, they're, they are crazy. They're, no, they're yeah, insane. I, I, I like this because, uh, yeah, on paper, they don't have like a championship or bus team. But then when they go out there and play, they just have basketball players. And I think basketball players leave the door open for you to be able to exceed because you just have so many different guys that can do so many different things. They're all just basketball players. And it was smarter of them to not put the expectation on themselves because they didn't know what they were going to get from Tyler Hero. You know what I mean? They, they didn't know what they were going to get for them. They didn't know what, you know, the significant jump Dan would make. They didn't know that the bubble would come and Jimmy Butler would play a lot differently than he did in the regular season. Um, Goran Dragic has hit another level in the bubble. Uh, so it's a lot of things that for them to have wanted to play in a championship, they would have to like hit all of these things and, and, and estimate that all these things would happen. But um, when you have good basketball players, you don't even have to estimate. You just leave it out there. It's just out there in the atmosphere for things to happen. Um, and I agree. My biggest thing, though, for them is no matter if they win a championship or even if they make it to the finals and lose or lose here, Going forward, they have to make sure that they don't name Chase. Make sure that they continue to, to add to what they have because Giannis is a, is, is a solid player. I mean, not a solid player. He's a, he's a great player for what he does, and they're a great team, but he's a name as well, and he's a guy that you have to make sure he's fitting. So, you know, you don't want to go out there and build all of this just to go get a name, the biggest name, and he doesn't necessarily fit, and then y'all run into the same things that he ran into with the Bucks. I see what so. you're saying. Um, I just feel like that Miami team has done over the last decade done a great job of bringing in guys and turning them into what they need. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I I hear you, but turning into Giannis into what they need is, is tough when you have when you would have Jimmy Butler or or just having him. I I, I think no, I think you didn't turn him into shit because you had like that was three Hall of Famers. Giannis, Bam, and Jimmy aren't Dwayne Wade. And so, I mean, you're not turning them into Bosch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Bam, we're not going to become Bosch. So, but who knows? Already, there could be, there could be a new term for the Bosch. But I don't know if they have to get the number one name on there. I think you can just get great guys to continue to add to what you built. Mm-hmm. I think it could go with the way. I mean, obviously, you add Giannis to a team like the Heat, they're going to be you know, the almost the, basically the favorites, but it, it's, it's just always been a continuous story for a lot of teams. Like you just, you, just because you add the biggest name, that don't mean shit's going to be all peachy clean. Yeah. It's still, it's still going to be a learning curve. You still going to, you still have to have two stars because you still got Jimmy Butler. You're going to have to make them work together. And I mean, I don't know if that becomes Giannis is a little bit of the lesser player now because he's not the go-to guy. I uh, think, I think Jimmy wouldn't mind playing with Giannis. I think Jimmy is a very selfless player. I think so too. I think Jimmy was just be like, I want the last shot. But like other than that, we just hooping. And I don't even think sometimes he even cares about the last shot. Sometimes you see him pass the shooters and stuff. No, Jimmy, Jimmy's a guy. He wants to make the last decision. We'll put it like that there. Okay. That's a good one. I was gonna say he's just a winner. I see that dude make all the pads. Same thing, like kind of like LeBron. Like he's gonna make the right pads rather than always just take the shot. Um now it's it's gonna be a super tough series. I thought that uh, me and KB said that Miami is probably playing the best basketball in the playoffs from what we last seen them, and uh, the Celtics 
to be honest, it felt like that Celtics Raptors series. The Raptors never really got it going from three, but it felt like the Celtics didn't really get to like their highest point of basketball either. Like, mm-hmm. I think I think it was game two where they blew the Raptors out. That felt like okay, the rap the Celtics are kind of hitting all their shots, and it was a blowout. Um, I mean, if if both teams could play at the the highest level, we might be in for a like series of a. a a decade or something like that. Like, Facts. I mean, right. So I'm, I'm looking at 2021 free agents, and it's so yeah. They, it's a whole article on Forbes saying that this could be historically stacked because you know Kawhi and Paul George have the options, mm-hmm. LeBron has the option, and then you have Giannis who will probably test it. Uh, Drew Holiday, um, seen his name a bunch associated with the Heat over the last Victor couple months, and that's what I'm saying. Like. Those guys, Drew Holiday, Victor Oladipo, those aren't those won't be the number one names on free agency list, but they, they probably fit better. Fit better, and you still are getting better. They're still top yeah. tier guys. Who now? Yeah, Victor Oladipo, perfect example. That's a guy that I would look at them and say they could change, not <laughs> change him, but grow him to be uh, better than what he has been coming off of that injury. Maybe he's you know, can can be better there. Because Giannis, that would be a lot to ask or a lot to yeah. try to change. There. I think, yeah, I think it also comes with that self-reflection that obviously they can win a championship if they have Giannis. But do you, can you still win a championship with that team and then you add a Victor Oladipo or Drew Holiday? I think you, there's, you know, some people can say, yeah, you can. And I think it's a lot more likely that you can get a, a lesser name like those than Giannis and trying to pull him away from that franchise. Especially if you win it now. Like, if they get to the finals now, even if they don't win it, people are going to be like, they they were that close. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just needed a little bit extra. Because, I, you know, unless they go there to the finals and they get 4-1 by somebody, then teams might would say yeah, they may have made a, a little bit more. But, shit, I don't think – if you make the finals, I don't think you need a whole MVP, two-time MVP to join. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Warriors or some shit. Especially if they I mean, somehow, like, can get – Past the, if they can get past the Celtics in like five or something like that, and they feel super confident, I don't see a reason. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, some, P just mentioned the name Drew Holiday and why, why his name is in the conversations. Uh, can we talk about the defensive teams? I think we yeah. talked about it on – we did like one post-game show mm-hmm. on Twitch a couple nights ago. Uh, for the people that did not see that, that's fine. Um, just so basically what you're seeing here, but a, a smaller form. And the all-NBA defensive teams came out, and uh, Kevin Durant was on J.J. Reddy's podcast, and he talked. To, they talked about it as players. I always find it super interesting to hear players talk about defensive teams because they are literally the ones that's trying to score against them. And they kind of both had the same take, like, man, there are some players on that defensive team that aren't good defenders. Kevin Durant was like, oh, he made a defensive team? Um, I scored on him 100 times this season <laughs> type thing. But one thing they had a consensus on is that Drew Holiday is the best perimeter defender they have both played against or played with, and he did not make a defensive team this year. Yeah. Uh, it was literally like – I mean, I've seen this, you know, in previous years, but it was countless times this season where I've seen him, like, put the clamps on something. Like, literally, like, they don't even want to dribble the ball no more because he's so tight on them. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those defenses where you can visually see the impact he makes. And that's why I was like, man, this guy, he, I, I'm surprised he didn't make it. Yeah, when you look at it, you you would think that there's no way Eric Bledsoe should be on this list over Drew Holiday. I, I see that. No way. Yeah. Um, and they, they made a point. How people voting. I think uh, as, it's how people voting and who's voting. 
those are the two major things. Because we saw people like Luca get an all-defensive vote, you know, dumb stuff like that. People should get their – like, if, if you're voting for somebody who the world knows should get a vote, you're – just, just take that ballot. Give it to somebody else. Facts. Yeah, Dante DiVincenzo got two votes. Yeah. Facts. Like, see, but that's what I'm saying. It, <laughs> it's how they're voting because they're doing that. People that's doing that is looking at the Bucks as a team and they're trying to reward yeah. Buck players because mm-hmm. that that would be the exp- uh, exp- explanation for Eric Bledsoe and then Don, uh, Dante DiVincenzo getting those votes. The, this is a historically good defensive team. They were the did this. That's basically that, what KD said too. It, that's not how this shit works. We're like people aren't people aren't watching the games. They're looking at advanced stats and be like, oh, when Dante DiVincenzo's on the floor, this team right. is legendary. But not they were making a case that if Drew Holiday was on that Bucks team, he'd be all NBA, all defensive first yeah, team just that. by that. So you looking, you looking at that? That's why I like guys. Certain certain guys get a, a, a name or reputation, and they'll make the next four because it's yeah. not even looking at it. Rudy Gobert can have a down year, a year that ain't even worth it. He ain't got to worry about it. He'll probably make it because yeah. it's his name. That's kind of what happened this year, to be honest with you. He made all NBA defensive first team, and he wasn't as good defensively as he was the year, last year, the year before that. And Kevin Durant talked about that. He didn't say Rudy Gobert's name, but he was like, I see people on the all defensive team that had they got played off the court in the playoffs. You can't be all defensive if you get played years. off the court. What did you say? He, he said defensive player of the years. Right, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So he can't like he he didn't say the name, but come on, man, we know what he's talking about, and it's it's the truth at the end of the day. Like Rudy Gobert is an amazing rim protecting big, but I wouldn't want him. I would I would take a Bam out of bio over him any day of the week because I know Bam can switch and he won't get played off the court like Rudy Gobert did. It's so frustrating that we in this in, in, in this time and era of the league where it's pace and space three scoring guard play wings or whatever. I understand what bigs can do, especially bigs who switching and doing things like that. But rim protecting bigs shouldn't have that much value because it's like locking up the guards mm-hmm. in today's game is ridiculous. I was just thinking about that, P. And I was saying like back in the day, I can understand why it was so important because I mean, a lot of times they throwing it, they throwing it down to Hakeem Olajuwon. They throwing it down to Shaq. And you need somebody to protect that, but nobody really posts up no more. You might and need to understand what I'm saying. I'm talking about bigs who not like Rudy. Rudy. Yeah. He's not switching and doing like he might have some times where he can, but I'm, I'm not uh, unless it's a big who's rim protecting. He's switching on a perimeter. He's doing all of these instrumental things for your D, which a lot of people would try to say Rudy can do. But on the flip side, we have seen where Rudy can't can't handle that. So unless we have that type of big, his rim protection can't be the deciding factor. Like it's it's I understand what he's doing, but I would much rather have a guy who's who maybe. As a as a wing defender who can do a little bit of both uh, on some Giannis shit, Tad, or I want somebody who's literally locking up the perimeter. And hell, Drew does that. Drew Drew guarded Jokic. They made Drew that point one, on Drew JV can guard one so, through five. So boom, he his primary position that he's guarding is the toughest to guard in the league. There's no night off at the point guard position, and I don't mean to say it's a night off in the bigs, but it's more nights off on in the big position. Yeah, than it is in the guard position. Because what you're talking about, you're talking about Harden, Booker, Levine will get, average 25 this year. Levine, not even an all-star, he averaged 25. You got um, Hale. Redick ain't an all-star, but if you guard him, you chase him around the whole damn circus. Yeah. Yeah, Bradley Beal. That was and Clay Thompson and Steph was hurt this year. They, they'll be back. Kyrie will be back. And then, yeah, when you're a guy like Drew, you're a combo guard. So he'll guard 
he'll guard a James Harden, and then the next night he'll actually guard a point guard like mm-hmm. Trey Young. So, man, I think the assignments they are uh, are a lot tougher than the big man because the big man you might get a night when you guard DeAndre Jordan. True. Yeah, but but I understand what you're saying, and I agree uh, with with most of it. But the the big position in itself is not necessarily as like one on one as like the guard position. For example, like yeah, you get the game where you're guarding DeAndre Jordan, but you also have like when Karis LeVert beats his defender, Rudy Gobert is there to guard him there. You know what I'm saying? So like it's more defensive. The big defensively is more just like one on one. With like that's why the, I said we talking about. I'm, I'm not. I'm talking. I'm not talking about a big who's going to be switching and doing everything he needs to do. I'm just specifically saying holding the weight on rim protecting in itself because mm-hmm. that seems to have been a lot of emphasis on things. But what, yeah, you but wouldn't say that that you don't think that rim protection is as important as that too, though. It is important, but in a league where a lot of guys are killing you from the perimeter, perimeter defense should outweigh that by a tad. We're talking a lot about of teams guys down the stretch are taking out their rim protecting center, huh? A lot of teams down the stretch are taking out their rim protecting center and putting. I think, I think it really goes on if you can't if you have the personnel to do that, right? I think the Clippers they they have that type of personnel where they can they can kind of play. Uh, switch everything and they don't have to worry about no big because they got that. I think especially for Utah, their anchor was Rudy Gobert, you know, so they were letting people go in and that was kind of like a little trap door for them to for Rudy to Gobert to get a good shot right. test or a block or something like that. Like they kind of he kind of played into their defense. That, that's kind of the way I'm thinking about it too though. But to mm-hmm. Kevin Durant's point, we've seen him be, get his ass taken out of a series. I've yeah. never seen a perimeter defender, Kawhi-esque you're taken out of a series. Agreed. After, agreed. I don't give a fuck if you have a if you have Shaq, Kawhi can still play on the defensive end. But you know what? I I still don't. I mean, I understand, and I 100% agree. Rigo Bear is terrible in those two series. But like, it was against fucking James Harden. He is one of the best players in the history of yeah, basketball. Yeah. No, without a doubt, without a doubt. That's <laughs> that's that's the other point too. But a lot of teams are pushing towards that play style. Yeah. Or even if it ain't James yeah. Harden, they're taking their guy who is somewhat like James Harden, and we're going to put him there and just let him do that. Because mm-hmm. the the word is out. Oh, he can't do that with James Harden? Well, shit, we got a guy who ain't James Harden, but he can fuck him up too. And so, boom. Just like Golden State. Luckily, Golden State is out of it, but we'll see next year when teams are more healthy, and we'll start to see, we picking on your ass. I mean, oh, yeah. You dropping? You dropping for Steph Curry? <laughs> you Boy, I can already see what he's going to be on that pick Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell would eat his ass up if he's on your team. You put Donovan Mitchell <laughs> on uh, Denver and you trade Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell is attacking Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I mean, when he was attacking Jokic. We we already talked about it heavily, but like that's that's why his value when he becomes a free agent is so weird to me because obviously he is an impactful player. He's a good defender. He's he, but all the things that you just mentioned is like there's only there's a there's a ceiling to how impactful he can be because he's not as great on the perimeter as some of these smaller, more craftier big men like a Bam Adebayo type guy. And I think that's important to say. So don't nobody think that take out of context that we're trying to shit on Rudy Gobert. Obviously. I, and I hate that we have to be so literal in today's time. Obviously, we know, you know, he's not. We're not saying he can't defend or he's bad. Hell, obviously he's not. But I'm just saying in today's game, where perimeter play is at an all-time high, it's damn near making the big man extinct. Damn near, like like it, the, the perimeter play in today's game is expanding way more than we've ever seen. We got teams shooting historical amount of threes. Perimeter defense has to be valued just as much because the same way back in the day, like Mike mentioned, when it was post players, 
we saw a lot of big men getting the award consistently because they had to guard Shaqs and Kevin Garnett. So now, where it's more perimeter play, those perimeter defenders got to get a little bit more love because it's 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 essential for them. And then they they got the same thing. Yeah, big is guarding the big, and he got to pr- protect the rim. But we, we got to think about how, how tough it is for them. They got to fight over screens. They got to guard you one-on-one. Sometimes, shit, they have, they're getting asked to guard a guy a little high because the screen is coming so early. Shit, uh, you, you might guard a guy who's running off of screens, a guy who can play on-ball, off-ball. They're guarding different positions now because everything is interchangeable on the perimeter. Shit, Drew Holiday mm-hmm. may start off on, a, on Kemba and end up on Tatum. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a good conversation, man. Uh, they should just get through the wire and vote. Uh, we can get one ballot and we'll just come out with it together. Just give us just one let ballot. Let us make all the decided factors. Cause <laughs> <laughs> I can't trust shit no more. It's a good point that y'all brought up with Luca getting the vote. Shit like that got to stop happening. They got to mm-hmm. stop being anonym- uh, anonymous. We got to start finding out who is who. But um, they they do right. that, but it just ends up being six months down the line and people don't care anymore. We need to write up front so we can get in those Twitter mentions of a dude that's being yeah. stupid. Because I would love to have a vote. And you voting for Luca tells me that you don't really give a damn about your vote. It ain't. It don't mean that much to you, which is fine. It don't have to. Um, you maybe didn't ask for it, but shit, give it to somebody who will really value it, who will put the time and effort in, who's trying to watch the basketball, especially in a time like this. For you to make a vote in a time like this, where we had basketball taken away for us for four months, I don't understand how anybody wasn't watching basketball. It was taken away as soon as we got it. It was just like a theme. Like, how do you still do that? Unless you work for Dallas, and then then that's like, how are you even in your position? <laughs> if that, that team means that much to you, where you have to be ludicrous with your vote, it's wild. Why would I ever? Ha- why would I ever? What well, I'm a Nick fan, so Julius Randle was getting a vote. What? <laughs> the fuck is that's that? Not like that vote that one. It's vote not even really close. Anything. Yeah. Not even the best to fit on your team. Yeah, it's not even close. <laughs> if it was somewhat close, then maybe it's excusable. But is Luka Doncic all defensive? Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Uh, let's get into the second or the first game of that day. Um, we already mentioned it kind of earlier with the Clippers blowing a game. Uh, me and Mike were watching this game together as well. Then I, I was like, Mike, I'll be back. I'm going to take a shower. And I came back. And the shower together. <laughs> cut it, cut it. And then uh, I come back and the Clippers are down by 10. It's like, I don't even know what happened. Then I had to go back. And I guess Paul Millsap was a big catalyst for yep, this comeback. Top five, top four. Mm, that's that's five, what top five, top fours do. They could carry you for a quarter. They can yep. put up 14, put you on their back. And honestly, though, that's just what that's like a veteran thing. He, he didn't want to go home. He came out and he just kind of put his head down, and just kind of got to the free throw line, was getting buckets. I like to see that type of thing from my forward. They just like that's being down 3 1. That's that's what it is. They just yeah. like being down 3 1. Hey, man, Michael Porter Jr., great, great way to deliver after saying the ludicrous things you said. Okay, so yeah, I do want to talk about that. And I do want to read the quote for the people that don't know. Um, so this is what Michael Porter Jr. said after game four. Um, that's all up to play calling the coaches and and whose hands they want the ball in. We keep going to Jokic and Murray and they're amazing players. But I think to beat a team like this, we need to get more players involved. We have to move the ball a little bit better. We can be predictable against that team. And then we saw basically everybody in the NBA world chime into this the biggest name being damian lillard quoting it with like a face palm emoji and they responded to people um associated with this this post-game interview and p just mentioned in this game michael porter jr hit the biggest shot of the game to like put the icing on the cake which is like exactly what he needed to do for people to get off his back 
I think that I don't think, but the problem with it isn't what he says. You know, nobody's ever going to say ball movement is the wrong answer. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just where you say it at, and I think that's why we saw guys like Damian Lillard, leaders and whatnot, have a problem with it because they know how something being said to the media, especially when you're naming names and you you know kind of going against the team in a certain way. Um, the media can take that and turn it into some shit, and it can right. go a long way in the in the uh, in the locker room. And then at a time like this, where you just went down three one in the middle of the playoffs, that's the the timing and where you're saying it is just not it's not plausible. It's, it just doesn't make sense when you can you know it's a better way to do that. And I think that's why we saw a lot of veterans speak on it from that aspect. But he is a is a rookie in terms, and he does have a habit of like speaking out on he things. Just be talking about it. So uh, hopefully we'll start seeing that he thinks before he speaks, which is a lot. Of, that's the young people's problem. They they say things without thinking. Um, and that was the whole thing. I don't think what he said wasn't really wrong. Yeah, I mean, in theory, it's not a, it's not wrong at all. Yeah, they need to move no, on. I mean, when he first said it, I was like, I mean, he but got at a the point. same time, too, that same shit got them out of the last series, though. That little predictable shit that they did did get them out of the last series, but I don't think it's too completely wrong. It's just about where you're saying it, who you're saying it to, and what it could lead to. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to me when he said, I'm going to probably tell the coaches about it. And I'm just like, why didn't you just go tell the coaches about it? Mm -hmm. Like, why did you have to come up here and address it to the media? That's something that you should just keep in house, especially as a rookie. You don't yeah. really want your rookie coming out and calling out your coaching staff and your players. Like, mm -hmm. especially when you know, everybody knows that they're going to go through Jokic and Jamal Murray. Like, they're the I mean, they're, 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 they're basically their all stars, right? Yes. Yeah, so, for that team. They're going to go through them. We got them. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, when I first heard it, I was like, he got a little point because, I mean, I, I said this before, but the Nuggets offense, especially in that jazz, is like, it's so stagnant. If it's not J Jamal Murray making an incredible shot at Jokic, it just seems like a bad shot's going up. And when you have even better defenders on this Clippers team and Jamal Murray might not have that same, you know, takeover confidence he had against that Utah jazz, you're going to need other players to step it up. But I mean, after that, like it's also seeming that he's saying that he he kind of needs those shots. They're like he's kind of yeah. tired of watching, you know them them kind of screw the game over. He felt like maybe he could do better, but I mean he hit he hit the shot that kind of closed it out for them in Game Five. And you which is funny, he did have some amazing game, right. but yeah. when he it only matters, took three shots, I think he had. Matters, man. I think he had like another player too or assist, but like those are the players. I was like, yeah, Michael Porter. Those are the plays you have to make. That and just because you don't get a bucket, that doesn't mean you can't impact the game. Go oh, he made a big rim. block. He blocked um yeah. Yeah. Blocked the rim. Right, those are the things. That, and then he got a big rebound over Zubac and was talking trash. And, and they and, almost lost the ball. To and almost lost the ball. The Marcus, the Marcus. Right. Oh yeah, you did fix this. Okay, yeah, mm -hmm. but you ain't the one that get them wrong. Give me Mike. <laughs> Mike don't know what Mar Morris brothers on his team. We got Markeith. Okay, now uh, you know that he started. <laughs> what school he went to? I can't tell you. Uh, the, they went to the same school. Yeah, they. Did. What you think? <laughs> them boys got the same <laughs> tattoos. You talking about that they go to the that's same? That's what I was hoping he would be like. I know Marcus with the can. I was like, nope, because I, I was going to be like, Marcus with the Kansas, so <laughs> Marquis got Kansas State. <laughs> if y'all had a twin brother, would y'all get the same tattoos as them? No. Huh? If y'all had a twin brother, would y'all get the same tattoos? No, I wouldn't get the same tattoo as my mom. I, I know yeah. the twins that be getting the same clothes. I probably couldn't even do that. But you know what? It, it is a different same. bond that we won't relate to as, yeah, as a twin. We should ask our, we got cousins our twins. I wonder if they would. 
but maybe not the same. They got like they only. I have think they a have few, matching bro. tattoos because yeah, a lot of them are matched. They have a few that are different. And when they first got paid, they put it all in the same account. Yeah. Oh which really? Is, which is still funny. We used like to, one we business used to account. Boom. We used to know some twins that wear the. They they used to wear the same clothes, but it would be just one one of a part of it would be a slightly they different color. So they'll both wear like you a, got an older sister. Uh, oh yeah, I, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They did. Yeah, yeah. They did. Oh, okay, yeah. We yeah, talked yeah, about the same thing, but no, one will come up in like a red jacket, and the other one come up in the same red jacket, but it's green or something like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> they would do. <laughs> Wait, are we talk about bulls. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to bulls, man. Shout out to bulls, and people would not get that. They like bulls. They they one person, bro, and it's it's bulls with it. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> Two twins are the same person, literally. How y'all that we both refer to them as bulls? bulls. If they, one of them is in a party, then they be replying. They, that's just who they are. It's just who they are. How y'all feel about the series going forward, knowing the history of Denver in this three-one situation? I just, I want it to be interesting, but I don't think it will be. I think next game is probably going to be the ending. Yeah, I, I think this is Kawhi's going to go out guns blazing. You could t- see it his frustration at the end of the game. He didn't want to lose. He was trying to bring them back late in that game anyway. Mm-hmm. He's one of those people that you're going to have to beat him, bro. He is not just yeah. going to let you yeah. roll over. He's not going to roll over and just let you win. He's just going to come out. Yeah. That's I think what I, his game. That's what I love about Kawhi most is because not, he's not only just going to kill you in those end game, just scoring, but he's going to make sure nobody else don't get the rebound. He's yeah. going to make sure he get the block. He's going to get the yeah. – like, he literally does it all when his team needs him to. So it's kind of it's, – it's very, it's very hard not to like Kawhi. Yeah. But like, um, – Next question. I got Clippers. <laughs> oh, next question. I think he making the face like the reporter breath stain. <laughs> I think he said he just hate he just hate the media. <laughs> <bro>. <laughs> I'm just trying to. I didn't it. even watch that. I just saw yeah, your my team. <laughs> I got that mic. I woke up. My shit was on that mic. <laughs> he got to sit another one. What'd you say, uh, I said, I didn't even watched that interview. I just saw your pictures, and he just looked miserable. Like, what are they saying? Like, are they asking him dumb questions? Or he Not really. Not really. They was asking him reporter shit. That's another thing, too. Like, I get it, but certain shit don't have to be asked. They asked those, like, so what was the game plan uh, to stop them from scoring and for <laughs> us to score? The game plan was to win. We're trying to close the series out. Oh, uh, yeah, Kawhi. Cool. Do ask him about two missed shots, and I know he was pissed. He was like, yeah, what were you trying to do there? Well, I was like, they, they go in or they miss. <laughs> like, what do you mean? I was trying to score, motherfucker. The reporters got to be better, man. They just mm. they come up there and ask the most obvious Lazy-ass questions. I know somebody that went like up there and said, uh, somebody went hey, up there and said, hey, Kawhi. <laughs> hey, big nurse. <laughs> yeah, you, oh, you can't talk, Derek, because when you get the chance, if you ever got the chance, you wouldn't even ask a question. You do this. Kawhi, say hey to my mama. Kawhi Leonard. He pretend Kawhi not even there. Derek is a wild one. Look, this Kawhi, y'all. Right here. Look, y'all, this Kawhi Leonard. Like, damn, D Mill, you ain't gonna secretly do it. Like, got the flash on. Look, Kawhi, it's all Kawhi see. At least Mike was kind of cool with it with Kemba. He's like, hey, Kemba, nice nice jacket or whatever the hell he said. Because it was tough, though. It was like a little St. Paddy's thing. Kemba mm-hmm. was like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Man played 40 minutes in an All-Star game that missed the next two weeks of basketball because of it. 
It's crazy. <laughs> what a time. Uh, right before COVID, man. Right what? before, man. We had we had no idea what was about to come. No idea. We all in a hotel, literally shaking hands, kissing babies. It's crazy. The president knew. Derek eating spaghetti off the floor. I'm like, what? The? Didn't, didn't even know. <laughs> All right, we got just small bits of news uh, to close out the show. Billy Donovan and the OKC Thunder have parted ways. It's a couple days old, but we haven't had a show since then. Um, so they parted ways, which is really surprising at the moment. Yeah. And he's like the top candidate for a couple different jobs, one of including the, the job here in Chicago. Uh, so I wanted to hear y'all opinion on the future of OKC or where you think Billy Donovan as a coach will probably fit the best. I was actually shocked to see him get fired because I thought they really overachieved this year and they went game seven. Which... He get fired. It's just part of I mean, they parted ways. They parted ways. I mean, I don't know why they parted ways, but because yeah. they're on two different pages, they yeah. probably about to go into a hard rebuild and yep, exactly. Probably not trying to go into a hard rebuild. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, all those veterans that he was probably liking that he had and was able to rely on and they probably responded well to what he was asking of them real quickly, learned it, picked it up quickly. They'll probably be gone. And then next year he'll have to, you know, actually start playing Darius Baisley 30 minutes yep. a game. And Darius Baisley is going to have four or five games where he's not picking up what he's trying to have him. And it's going to be that process of neutering, uh, neutering him to get through all of that or, Whatever, I don't think neutering is the word. It's what you do to the dog, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, getting him through that. And that's a whole process that maybe at this point Billy Donovan doesn't want to deal with, especially, mm-hmm. shit, he's a playoff team now to go from the playoffs. And he, well, he's been a playoff. They didn't drop. You know, Russell, Paul Drew, they he's had the playoff taste, and he probably don't want to go back to, you know, potentially 33 win games. Mm-hmm. Uh, my thing, biggest thing is who do they go to next? Mm-hmm. Who, you know, yeah. maybe Kenny Atkinson. Yeah. Um, See, but, that was that was my thing, and I was like, okay, they parted ways. That obviously means they they're gonna rebuild, cause I mean, it's just first of all they had a, a unexpected year, and then second of all, we already know how the West is <laughs> gonna be next year. So they're gonna go into they're they're gonna go into the rebuild, but it, it really has me just thinking like what they're gonna do with the Chris Paul, right? They're gonna go and try to get some other pieces so they can compete, or they're just gonna you know they're just gonna say you know what, let me get some picks. And some young talent. So I could no question, Mike. If they're gonna go into hard rebuild, they're not gonna get pieces to re, to compete. Yeah, they're not looking for you, you also, for guys to catch. But I I can understand what you're saying though. I mean, you I can mean, you can also trade up for players that can be impactful now. And because I you trading away Chris Paul, you're not just trading away anything. You know, I know he's on a FedEx contract. Million dollar contract though. Yeah, he's on a FedEx. It's gonna be teams that want him though. They do, but at what price? They're not. Right. I think his value is the most craziest thing because we don't know if pe- are you willing to throw a first round pick for him, or are we just going to see a straight up player for players deal for Chris Paul? And that's probably and that's probably what the OKC Thunder are going to want picks mm-hmm. and assets. That I, I, when you're rebuilding, that's all you really want. Are you going to want a bum ass player? No, but I, somebody to compete. I don't think they're going to be like we need him so we can compete. Yeah, we want George Hill. No, I think they'll probably want more so of a Dante DiVincenzo, where he's not a bum, but he's also not somebody that's having you in the playoffs as well on a young team. Uh, and then picks, whether it's a, a first-round pick, mm-hmm. a future first, a, a, you know, a group of seconds. I think that, you know, you we know uh, Sam Presti and what he's yeah. looking forward mm-hmm. to do. I mean, if they go into full for Dennis Schroeder could be gone too. Facts. Steven, that yeah, pretty much everybody. Right. All those guys, except for Shea, probably Darius, Darius Baisley, Darius Shea. Baisley. And uh, Dort. Lou yeah. Dort, because they Dort. just signed him to a four-year deal. Those are like probably the three players. 
Terrence Ferguson, they may keep for a little bit, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think, yeah, I think if they go because it's a full rebuild, I don't think yeah, he's right. Trading now, Paul. if they go that direction, I think Kenny Atkinson makes sense just because one, you're developing the young talent, but two, I mean, you you probably don't know who we don't know who the who the hell the Thunder are gonna get. Mm-hmm. So I think that if you could have a coach that has like already has the mindset that he can kind of rejuvenize players and get them into where they need to be, he might be your dude. Bring back David Black. David Black. David Black. I, I ain't seen him really do much besides yeah. that Cavs team. That's I mean, the only job he had. Why are we bringing back David Black to give know. him another chance? Yeah, because he, when he was when he was signed to be Cavs, that was before LeBron. His goal was to develop talent. That was you know. I'm I'm down for giving him another chance. Just I don't want to give him a team. Or, or just it. give somebody who's never been a, had a head coaching job because I think it's cool when new guys come into the league. I love it, but I don't. But also, what I don't like about it is like if the rebuild doesn't go the way you want it to, now he it's has his, a bad rap. It's on his shoulders, yeah. 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 Right. That's, that's why, why I like Chauncey Billups being in the Pacers race because yep. this is a good situation for a, a first time head coach. And I think a guy of his stature deserves that. He doesn't deserve shit uh, on the side of the road where he has to. I'll just take this job because it's the only one I can get. Nah, we got to stop doing two years later, he fired because he ain't do nothing. And then he got a bad look. Oh, look at his record over four years. He's 55 and 93. And it's like, come on now. Then this is unfair. So um, hopefully Chauncey Billups gets that job. I really like him with Indiana. Um, Of what I know of Chauncey Billups, obviously I don't know who he is as a head coach, but, Mm. you know, he's a, a champion. I think, that, strong I think those are, those are like the actual like best perspectives because that we, we know that Pacers team with what they can do. And they also they had a nice coach with Nick McMillan. But if we could see the improvements and changes and maybe the coach and it, it just it speaks out on what Chauncey Billups can do or vice versa. I mean, if it wasn't meant to be and he's not the best head coach, I think that's a good situation where you could be like. Okay, he had a decent team. He just couldn't really make it work with them. And even then, I feel like that team is decent enough to where it wouldn't it wouldn't wash away his coaching. Right. Maybe it's not the exact team for his coaching strengths, but it's not. It, he it, it shouldn't fall. They, that team shouldn't be so bad where he is fired and nobody else is looking at him. Yeah. Um, so I like that one. Um, A big news yeah. just dropped, y'all. Giannis has unfollowed everybody in the Bucks organization on Instagram. I yep. hate that. I hate when players do that because then he just say he wasn't going to request a trade. Yep. That's weird to me. Same thing. Somebody tweeted me too, uh, Mike. They was like, well, you were just talking about this on uh, the episode. DeAndre Hopkins tweeted, uh, thankful. And then they asked him about it. He was like, no, nah, it had nothing to do with that. I'm just thankful. Yeah. <laughs> really? hey. um, I'll I'll drop it in the group chat. Um, but I did I did double check it myself. So sources are confirmed that he did unfollow. Are following Chris Middleton? Uh, the only, only person he is following that's an NBA player is uh-huh. the Nassus after the Kumpo. Oh, uh, that is an easy check. He only follows nine people. Yeah, and before was, that was not the case. He he I was gonna say like, who the hell would be the first person to be like, oh, he unfollowed the bugs? Because they had some of those players be following a decent amount of people. Yeah, you just kind of go be going through that stuff every day. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if Giannis is gone, but it just kills me when players do this type of stuff. Yeah, and they now if he going if he's doing this and he's gonna come out and request a trade, I'm fine with it. But if you doing this to act like ain't, and then when people ask you about it, act all mad. Oh, oh I was hacked. 
What you doing there for? Ain't, why ain't it just about basketball? That's just talk hoops. He's like, bro. Yeah. Next question, please. Who he think <laughs> he, he ain't following Steph Curry, <laughs> Tom Brady, Matt Barnes. He not even following Kobe no more. Mm. Wow. He lame as hell. That series got him hurt. Yeah, I'm blocking him. That series got I'm him blocking hurt. Him How you me. unfollow Kobe, bro? Yeah. That is crazy. <laughs> but he following, he following Brian Davidson, NBA basketball. Nike basketball. Let me follow him too. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Levine follows him. Shit. Give me some shoes. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's the end of today's episode. We'll see what the world makes of this because this just came out. This just started. Um, so we'll see what the world yeah, turns us into. Uh, matter of fact, yeah, we can stop rolling because I'm I'm um <laughs> I'm calling him now. <laughs> All right. We'll see y'all on Tuesday with another episode. Hello. And <laughs> we out. Peace. Peace. Oh, everybody.